Now among those who went up to worship at the feast were some Greeks. So these came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, and asked him, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. So far, our text. Grace and peace, love and mercy from God our Father, through Jesus Christ, our risen Savior and Lord. We wish to see Jesus. Sir, we wish to see Jesus. I know of many Christian churches where that verse is inscribed inside the pulpit. Not for the people to see, but as a reminder to the preacher what his job is. We would see Jesus. That's why you're here, right? That's why you're in God's house. That's why you're watching. That's why you're listening. You want to hear about Jesus, right? I hope so. I hope that's why you're here. Oh, I know. Maybe it's because mom and dad made you come. Maybe it's because you have to get confirmed and it's this Wednesday night stuff. God can change your heart, your mind, your attitude so that you want to be here for the right reason. We would see Jesus. It's stated here in our text as a statement but it says he asked him. It's really kind of a question. It's okay to see you. You're a good pal and all. But we would see Jesus. That's what they wanted. They wanted to hear and see with their own eyes if this Jesus would live up to his billing, if this Jesus really was who he claimed to be and who everybody said they hoped and prayed that he was, we would see Jesus. My friends, people come into church for a lot of reasons. And we can be honest. Sometimes Jesus isn't all that high on the list. We learn from our text that this is why we come to church. This is why we read God's Word. This is why we listen as God's Word is preached to us. And it is to see Jesus. So, what kind of Jesus do you want? There's lots of different Jesuses out there. All you have to do is turn on the TV. If you go to the History Channel, you get a completely different kind of Jesus than the Jesus of the Bible. A Jesus who was a good guy. A Jesus who was a prophet. A Jesus who died but probably didn't rise from the dead. A Jesus who might be a mythical figure, certainly not born of a virgin. Our reason, 
Our intellect can't allow that to be. So, you want to see Jesus? What kind of Jesus do you want? You want a Jesus like that, you don't have to come to church for it. Turn on the History Channel. There are many, many sources for a Jesus who is less than God in the flesh for you. So, what kind of Jesus do you want? Do you want Jesus to be your buddy? To be your pal? To make you feel good like a boyfriend or a girlfriend? You want a Jesus who will, who will only say nice things and make you happy and, and joyful? You don't need to come to church for that either. Turn on contemporary Christian radio. You get all kinds of Jesus like that. No sin, no sorrow, no cross. So, maybe, maybe you're fired up right now with all the stuff that's going on in our world and you want Jesus, the social justice warrior. Jesus, who will point out all of the problems in society. He won't point out any of your problems. That's too uncomfortable. But he'll point out all the problems in society and find someone else to blame them for. My friends, you want to see Jesus? Those kind of fake, phony, false Jesus are a dime a dozen. And you certainly don't need to come to church for it. We come into God's house to see the Jesus of the Bible. The Jesus revealed to us in the 66 books of Holy Scripture. The Jesus who is God in the flesh, born of the Virgin Mary, born to live and die and rise for you, for sinners like you and me. This is the Jesus of the Bible. This is the Jesus that you should desire to see and hear when you come into God's house. This is the Jesus that you should be demanding is preached and taught from the pulpit, in the classroom, in Bible study. This is the Jesus that should resound in our hymns and our liturgy. This Jesus, a Jesus bleeding, dying, bloody, suspended between heaven and earth, paying for the sins of the world. We're not really sure what kind of Jesus the gentleman in our text wanted to see. Maybe they just wanted to see a miracle. Maybe they just wanted to put a name and a face together. Maybe they really had no clue what they were looking for. It's really amazing Philip went and told Andrew. Andrew and Philip went and told Jesus. Boy, it's kind of like uh, 
uh, Instagram or Snapchat or a group text, right? Boy, the word is spreading like crazy. These guys want to see Jesus. And so what does Jesus do? Hey, here I am. Take a look. Jesus says, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Now it really sounds like social media, doesn't it? Jesus want a selfie? He wants to be glorified? He wants to be lifted up? Woo, woo, woo. When we hear that word glory or glorified, that's what we think of, don't we? We think of lifting ourselves up. We think of promoting ourselves. We think of somehow generating attention or honor or glory for ourselves. And we're all really good at it. We want attention. And we'll do whatever it takes so that give people give us the attention that we crave, the attention that we want. Jesus says, it's time. The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. He calls himself the Son of Man, a messianic title. He's God in the flesh. He's the Son of Man. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Jesus, we didn't come for gardening lessons. We got the backyard farmer for that. Jesus is teaching what it means for the Son of Man to be glorified. What it means that Jesus came to be glorified. He is teaching us what kind of Jesus we should want to see. Unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. Jesus isn't talking about farming practices or how to get a bumper crop. He's talking about himself. He's talking about himself. His glory will come from his death, his burial, like a seed that is buried in the ground. I know of no gardener or farmer that when a seed is put into the ground, sits back and cries because the seed is gone. Oh, woe is me. No! The gardener, the farmer sits back and expects a crop. A crop fivefold, tenfold, a hundredfold, two hundredfold. This is what Jesus is talking about. The glory that comes as the Son of Man, like a grain of wheat, falls into the ground and dies. bearing much fruit. And then Jesus spins it around. 
Whoever loves his life loses it. And whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Kind of cryptic words, right? Do you like all the things of this world? Do you want a fake or a phony Jesus who will tell you that the devil, the world, and your sinful flesh are really your friends? Well, if you do, you can keep that life forever. And you know where that leads. Jesus is teaching us. If anyone serves me, he must follow me. To follow Jesus is to die to ourselves. To die to our sinful passions and lust. To die in the waters of baptism. And be raised new in Christ Jesus. You know when we hear these words from John 12 most often? We hear them during Holy Week. But most often we hear these words at the committal service. When a body, generally in a casket, is lowered into the ground. The finality of death the wages of sin graphically there before us. You can't take it with you. God's Word. God's Word teaches us the kind of Jesus that we need to bring us through this world of sin to bring us through even our greatest fear or enemy, death itself. Jesus has died and conquered sin, death, and the grave for you. The glory of Jesus is His dead body hanging on Calvary's cross. This is the Jesus, the true Jesus of the Bible. This is the Jesus that we should want to seek day in and day out. Jesus says, now is my soul troubled. What shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this purpose, I have come to this hour. God does not call us to some purpose-driven life. He calls us to the one whose purpose it was to give his life for us and for our salvation. My friends, there are many times when we are tricked, deceived from the outside or maybe even from the inside. That Jesus is no big deal. That Jesus is boring. That Jesus somehow isn't, isn't relevant to my life. Repent of that sin. There is nothing more relevant and essential than the forgiveness of sins. And it is for this purpose that Jesus came into the world. The only way that Jesus 
could win forgiveness for you and me and the world was by taking his body, God in the flesh, to an old rugged cross. Suspended between heaven and earth, Jesus cries out, it is finished. Our salvation is complete. My friends, how do you know that what happened on the cross is sufficient payment for your sins? Because three days later, God raised him from the dead, never to die again. My friends, this is the voice that is to resound from a true Christian pulpit. This is the voice that is to resound in and through a true Christian church. This is the voice that is to resound in our music, in our liturgy, in our Bible study, in every aspect of what we do together as church. This voice isn't for God's benefit, it is for our benefit. Jesus answered, this voice has come for your sake, not mine. And then he goes on and sums up everything that he has taught about why Jesus came into the world and the kind of Jesus we need to see. Now is the judgment of this world. Now will the ruler of this world be cast out. And when I am lifted up from the earth, when I am lifted up from the earth, lifted up on Calvary's cross, I will draw all people to myself. Lift high the cross. The love of Christ proclaim till all the world adore his sacred name. That's why we're here. To hear and believe and receive the forgiveness of sins. To live and die in the forgiveness of sins. To pass on that Jesus and the forgiveness and life that only he can bring to our kids to our grandkids, to our neighbors, to our friends. My friends, it is my prayer that today and tomorrow and every day that God grants you breath, your desire would be to see Jesus. May God grant it to us for Jesus' sake. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which far surpasses all understanding, keep our hearts, our minds, our lives, our ears in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.